Hi there and welcome to episode 14 of the LDS study session. Two weeks we've been going uh, and I've been learning a lot as I've been making sure I uh, study effectively and deeply enough to share a little thing with you each day uh, and I'm grateful uh, for the opportunity that I have to, to do this further and continue this. And of course, you know, if there is no one listening, at least that I have been able to push myself to study deeper and further to be able to have something to share with myself each and every day. Uh, so today I wanted to focus more on the Come Follow Me section for this week in June 10th to June 16th, Matthew chapter 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, John 18, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And uh, continuing really on from yesterday. So yesterday we looked at the Passover and its ties to the, the atonement and the sacrament um, that would be that was foreshadowed for when the Saviour would come. Now today I wanted to look more deeply at the sacrament itself. And uh, there are, of course, a number of symbolisms, emblems, and parallels uh, that the Saviour institutes in this ordinance. I thought this ordinance was, was established in remem- to remember the Saviour. So if there wasn't symbols and things to remind us of the Saviour and his atonement and his suffering, then, of course, it wouldn't do very well. So I'm going to read through mainly from Matthew chapter 26 uh, through the sacrament ordinance, but also kind of review the process uh, of a uh, modern-day, Latter-day Saints uh, sacrament service as well, and just identify the points of symbolism and emblems that are are found that are rife throughout this ordinance, of course. Uh, So obviously, with the sacrament uh, itself, it begins in uh, Latter-day Saints um, observance, at least, with a hymn. And, of course, we actually find that in two of the uh, Gospels that there is the record that they sung a hymn as well at the time of this uh, ordinance. (coughs) So in Matthew, chapter 26, we're reading of the sacrament. um, And it says in verse 30, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So obviously, you know, before, and I'm putting the, the hymn in terms of my discussion at the start because that's when we as Latter-day Saints uh, do this. Now, this was done actually at the end of the sacraments, after the sacraments with the Saviour and his disciples, but it was done just before the biggest event in human history, which was the beginning of the atonement in the Garden of Gethsemane. So you can understand why the hymn is sung then to kind of develop and increase the amount of spirituality, the, the love shown by the disciples in the singing of the hymn. Uh, and so they went out and, of course, we know what happens uh, after the hymn is sung. And so, of course, as Latter-day Saints, we are remembering um, what is about to take place, that it was before a very important event that would be, you know, the catalyst and the uh, the opportunity to renew our covenants as we are cleansed through the atonement. Uh, as, as receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We move forward, and of course, during the sacraments hymn, uh, the bread is being broken uh, by, the, by the holders of the, of the, of the authority of the priesthood. Um, now, I've never really kind of stopped to think about this, but obviously there is a reason why the bread is being broken in front of the congregation, and there is a reason why the Saviour broke the bread in front of the disciples. It would be far easier today, you know, if we could just break the bread beforehand, that's one less job, and, you know, the, the, the blessers of the sacrament can sing the hymn and focus on the words of the hymn. But no, uh, we, we, know, we know that we, it needs to be done during the sacrament hymn, just before the ordinance. Now, the breaking of the bread 
I'm sure there's many um, kind of symbolisms and reasons behind why that happens like that. However, I understand it to, to be a symbolism of the Saviour and his suffering uh, in the body, that the flesh, his flesh was literally bruised and broken for us. Uh, and so that is just another reminder uh, as the sacrament cloth is pulled back and, and the, uh, the blessers of the sacraments begin the breaking of that bread. It's to remind us of the suffering that the Saviour went through for us. Speaking of the sacrament cloth as well, um, and I remember that being this told me by a member of the state presidency a few years ago, um, and not really noticing it. However, the sacrament cloth, when it's laid on the trays of the sacraments, is meant to represent something as well, or at least it can symbolize something. It can symbolize the fact that our Saviour was laid in the tomb under the burial cloths um, after he had died. And so the, the sacrament itself, as it sat on the table under the, under the sacrament cloth, is reminiscent of a, of a body being laid out for a burial in a tomb uh, under the cloths. And it, it kind of looks like you know a body could potentially be under there. Of course, when the cloth is pulled back by the two um, holders of the priesthood, we know that he is not there, that he is risen, and instead we have this the symbols or the emblems of his sacrifice. Interestingly, uh, when the when the witnesses of the the the, the risen Lord uh, come to him, when Mary Magdalene, I believe it was, um, I've not got the scripture in front of me right now actually, but when when she arrives at the tomb, um, there are two angels. There and um, they are the ones that are, that say he is not here, but he is risen. Of course, that depends on the account that you read. But as in Matthew, there is one, and I know in other accounts there are two angels. But of course, you know when we have the blessers of the sacraments, one can do it. There is two for for convenience regularly in a sacrament service, uh, but they represent those angels lifting back that that. Well, in the sacraments case, the sacrament cloth, but in the um, in the Saviour's case, the, the tombstone as well, uh, to show that he's not there, but he is risen. And then, of course, uh, there, were, there were eyewitnesses that kind of went out and showed the world um, by their testimony that he wasn't there, the disciples, uh, the Mary Magdalene and Mary as well. Um, however, uh, in the sacraments, we have, we have passes of the sacraments who represent... Uh, these apostles or these disciples, including uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, that go forward and show and tell the world through their testimony that the Saviour has risen. And of course, the, the passes of the sacraments are showing it through the showing of the emblems and the offering of the emblems to the, to the individual mem members in the congregation. Um, anyway, I'm probably going ahead of myself now. So let's focus back in again uh, on the, um, the bread. And of course, we know the bread represents uh, his flesh. Uh, we know the bread represents that after it's broken, his, his flesh and his body being broken and bruised for us. And we know that it's meant to be a remembrance for us that he died physically uh, to, and, uh, overcome, and has overcome physical death for us. Then we have the water, uh, which obviously represents his blood, the blood that was shed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the blood which cleanses us from our sins, that cleanses us from spiritual death uh, as we receive the Holy Ghost further and are sanctified by the reception of the Holy Ghost into our lives. Um, so th there is a lot of symbolism uh, in that sense as well. Of course, the fact that the, uh, the sacrament was, was, is given one by one. You know, as a, I, I went to a um, 
communion uh, whilst I was on placement in a Catholic school. And it was fascinating just to see just how it's administered uh, differently. Because obviously, you know, they have um, you know, wafer bread and they, they also had, they had Ribena for us because there was children there, so they didn't use wine. Um, I declined uh, to, to partake of it. However, um, it was interesting because the, the, the priest kind of blessed the, the emblems of, of his sacrifice and then people lined up to, to go and partake of it all together, like, you know, and obviously they have to take it one by one, they don't just all just rush forward and grab it, but I find it interesting that, you know, as a church, we, we our, our direction in the sacred ordinance is to go to individual members and allow them to partake of it one by one, um, and so it's fascinating to me that, and I, there's practical elements of that, I'm sure, I, I think it's far easier to ponder and reflect on the Saviour's sacrifice as you receive that ordinance yourself rather than having to get up and line up and wait for it. Um, but also there is uh, links and connotations to what we see in Third Nephi. And of course in this section of the Come Follow Me we are suggested to, to go to Third Nephi and have a look. But if you look at Third Nephi chapter 11, the Saviour goes amongst the people of Nephi and he allows them to reach out and touch the, the emblems, the, the symbols of his sacrifice one by one. In Third Nephi chapter eleven, we read, um, chapter in verse fourteen of chapter eleven, "Arise and come forth unto me, that ye may thrust your hands into my side, and also that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet, that ye may know that I am the God of Israel and the God of the whole earth, and I've been slain for the sins of the world." And it, in verse fifteen, it says, "And it came to pass that the multitude went forth." and thrust their hands into his side, and did feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did do, going forth one by one, until they had all gone forth, and did see with their eyes, and did feel of their hands, and did know with a surety, and bear record, that it was he of whom it was written by the prophets that should come. Again, uh, it's another representation of one by one, the Saviour performing the atonement for us, and seeing our individual sins and sufferings and feeling of those go into the Nephites and let them feeling the, the, the emblems one by one. In the sacrament today, we are administered to one by one um, so that we can partake and, and, and experience this for ourselves. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you today, just kind of the symbolism behind the sacrament. I'm grateful uh, for you listening and, and uh, I hope that you can share any of your thoughts at Matt Hester Roberts 90 If you have any thoughts on this uh, particular area or if there's anything else that you've studied recently that you want to share, please do. Grateful for the time you've had to listen and until we meet again.